And welcome to the Friday edition of the Katie Lum Sports Wrap, 1340 AM, 93.1 FM, 96.9 FM as well. Also streaming online, KDLMRadio.com and on the Lakes Area Radio app. Lots of different ways to listen to KDLM. For those of you listening after the fact on our podcast, which you can find by searching KDLM Sports Wrap, we thank you as well. Lots to get to. A lot of high school football yesterday, even more high school volleyball yesterday with the Lakers volleyball team improving to 6-1 and one on the season. We've got a, a full slate of football action tonight in the high school realm. We've got a couple games tomorrow, including the Lakers and the DGF Rebels tomorrow at noon at Mulberg Field. Pre-game show begins at 1130 tomorrow morning. Going to be weird. We're, we're pulling Charlie out of his deer stand tomorrow to do some Laker football I wasn't planning on, on hunting tomorrow anyways. I'm going second weekend. But uh, we have a bit of a, a disgruntled Charlie about his about COVID football interrupting his deer hunting plans. The good news is he's a flexible guy and he'll get over it. Second half of the sports wrap, we're talking to Joe Johnson from VikingsTerritory.com. I'm still Joe. Joe probably still in shock over what happened at Lambeau Field last Sunday. We'll preview what's coming up for the Vikings on Sunday, that being Adrian Peterson, a disgruntled Everson Griffin, and the Detroit Lions Sunday noon at U.S. Bank Stadium. But first, let's rewind the last 24 hours in sports, starting with some high school volleyball scores from last night. Rewind time. Laker volleyball team taking care of business again, beating Park Rapids 3-0. Lakers improving to 6-1 on the season. Circle your calendars for next Tuesday. The only team to beat them so far was Pequot Lakes at Pequot, the first game of the season. And now the Patriots come to the Ralph Anderson Gymnasium next Tuesday night. Battle of 6-1 Detroit Lakes and Pequot Lakes next Tuesday other scores from last night, Park Christian over Lake Park Ottoman 3 to nothing. Brainerd defeats Moorhead 3 to 1. Pequot Lakes sweeping Crosby Ironton 3 nothing. Pelican Rapids uh taking the loss at Perham. Perham sweeping them 3 nothing. DGF over Frazee last night 3 to nothing. Pillager losing to Verndale at home 3 to 1. East Grand Forks traveling to Warroad and sweeping the Warriors 3 to nothing. Fertile Beltrami and Ada Borb go to five sets, but it's Fertile Beltrami on top, three to two. Uh, Bemidji and Fergus Falls actually postponed last night, so that one didn't happen. Those are the scores that I have for high school volleyball. Moving to football, a really, really good game last night that I was following on Twitter. Uh, Robert Williams and a bunch of other guys were there. Manoman Wobbin and Frazee going to overtime and some clutch plays needed by the Thunderbirds to tie it in regulation to respond to a an early touchdown by the Frazee Hornets in overtime and then getting the two-point conversion to win it. Manoman Wobbin 22, Frazee Hornets 20 in overtime at Frazee last night. Other scores last night, a lot of thumpings around the uh, the local scene. Warroad beating Wadena Deer Creek 30-8. to Staples Motley uh, welcoming OTC. That may have been a bad idea. 57-13 to OTC over Staples Motley. Pequot Lakes, 45. Thief River, Fills, Thief River Falls, 7. Lakers travel to Pequot next Wednesday night for football. And Brainerd and Moorhead. We, we talked to John Malay a couple weeks ago, and he could not stop raving about this five-wide receiver set spread Moorhead offense that's taking the area by storm. They beat Brainerd 48 to nothing last night. 
Full slate of games tonight as well. Sabika and Rothsay at 3 o'clock this afternoon. Verndale at Ortonville. That game is at 4. Bertha Hewitt and Mountain Iron Buell at 5. Lake Park Ottoman and Red Lake County. That game is at 5 o'clock as well. 8-4A rival Ricori and Delano tonight. That'll be a game that Lakers fans want to keep an eye on. Park Rapids and Fergus Falls tonight. Pelican Rapids and Underwood. West Central Area Ashby travels to Pillager to take on the Huskies tonight. Purim and East Grand Forks at 6 o'clock. Crookston versus Holly. Zimmerman takes on 8-4A school Little Falls. Lakers could potentially see Little Falls in the playoffs this year. Browerville Eagle Valley versus Parker's Prairie. Big Lake and Wilmer tonight in another 8-4A action game. Barnesville and Breckenridge. Alexandria versus Bemidji. And one that I, if COVID wasn't happening, so here's the scenario is if fan, more fans were allowed at games and if this game wasn't like three and a half hours away, this is the one I would go to tonight with the Lakers not playing. Number five, Becker versus number one, Hutchinson tonight. That's going to be a fantastic game. 12 games on the slate for tomorrow, including DGF at Detroit Lakes. 11.30 pregame show, noon kickoff here on KDLM Laker football tomorrow. A couple of things to get to, including uh, what I, I called it yesterday, did I not? That awful Thursday night game last night with the, the, the 49ers basically rolling over early, bringing out the C squad. I think on the offensive side of the ball, only two guys playing last night that played in the Super Bowl last year. And they were both offensive linemen. Green Bay wins easy. 34-17. A-Rodge, four touchdowns as the Packers coasted past the Niners on Thursday Night Football in Santa Clara. Devontae Adams, 10 catches, 173 yards, and a touchdown. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, two touchdowns uh, for him last night. Green Bay led 34-3 before a pair of garbage-time uh, touchdowns by the Niners helped fantasy owners and uh, make the score look a little bit more respectable. Packers improved to 6-2. and two. Richie James, 9 passes, 184 yards, and a touchdown for banged-up San Francisco. So if you had Richie James last night for fantasy, uh, kudos. The loss drops the Niners to 4-5. and five. One other thing to get to real quick, uh, Silver Slugger Awards handed out for baseball yesterday, and one twin getting one, a repeat from last year, and that would be 40-year-old Nelson Cruz getting the Silver Slugger for DH, the White Sox leading the way in the American League. Three Silver Slugger winners, uh, perennial MVP Jose Abreu, shortstop Tim Anderson, and outfielder Eloy Jimenez all represent Chicago. Other AL winners are catcher Salvador Perez uh, with the Royals, Yankees second baseman DJ LeMahieu, Indians third baseman Jose Ramirez, Angels outfielder Mike Trout, Blue Jays outfielder Teoscar Hernandez. In the National League, the Braves had four Silver Sluggers, Outfielders Ronald Acuna and Marcelo Zuna, first baseman Freddie Freeman and catcher Travis Darno, all recognized as the top offensive performers at their position. Other NL winners include uh, Giants second baseman Donovan Solano, Padres shortstop Fernando Tatis Jr., of course, Padres third baseman Manny Machado, Nationals outfielder Juan Soto, and Dodgers outfielder Mookie Betts. Coming up second after sports wrap, we're getting Joe Johnson on the phone to talk some Vikings football. We'll recap Green Bay pretty quick and then dive into uh, primarily the beef between Mike Zimmer and Everson Griffin and find out what that Lions offense looks like this weekend. Second half of the wrap, Joe Johnson from VikingsTerritory.com next on KDLM. 
I'm Colleen Wolf with NFL Network now on the Westwood One Radio Network. The Packers and Niners kicked off week nine in Santa Clara. Aaron Rodgers fired on all cylinders against a depleted 49ers squad. Rodgers finished with 305 yards, four touchdowns in the win. Devontae Adams had another big night with 173 yards and his league-leading eighth receiving touchdown. The Raiders are being fined by the NFL for violations of the COVID-19 protocol related to Trent Brown's positive test in October. John Gruden is being fined $150,000 and the team fined $500,000 plus the loss of a 2021 sixth-round draft pick. In Kansas City, the Chiefs placed star defensive tackle Chris Jones on the reserve COVID-19 list Thursday. Jones did not test positive, but was in close contact with someone who did. It's unclear if Jones will be cleared to play Sunday against the Panthers. This has been NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. Napa know-how. At Napa, you can get 20% off three or more items with the $4.99 Napa Tool Bag. Yep, 20% off power tools, 20% off wipers, 20% off oil, and more. It's a whole bag of tricks. Well, actually, it's one trick over and over again, but it's a good one, saving you 20% on three or more items. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating locations, exclusions apply. May not be combined with other offers. Offer ends 11 20 NFL fans, go to NFLShop.com and get your favorite player's jersey, name, and number t-shirt or collectible. Are you ready for the next game? Shop now for the most up-to-date assortment for all 32 teams, including face coverings. NFL Shop has game day covered with jerseys, apparel, and at-home essentials for cheering on your team. You'll choose from the largest assortment for all 32 teams as NFL Shop is the destination for officially licensed NFL gear. Head to NFLShop.com today for your special offer. Pain said to the pebble, you crack me up. Hey, this is Chris, owner-operator of Lakes Glass. I can work with your insurance and make the process easy and seamless. I install, repair, and replace your glass products. Basically, if you need glass, I'm your guy. Lakes Glass, the clear choice, right off Randolph Road in Detroit Lakes. Call 218-847-1637. That's 847-1637. This holiday season, more families than ever before will struggle to put a holiday meal on the table. But you can help. All month, when you shop at Central Market in Detroit Lakes, be sure to ask to get the We Care stamp on your receipt. Detroit Lakes elementary students can turn their receipts in at school, or you can drop yours off at Builders First Source. For each receipt received, Central Market, Builders First Source, and J&K Marine will make a donation to local food shelves, ensuring everyone can enjoy a hot meal this holiday season. This is the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. The University of Minnesota football team takes on Illinois tomorrow in Big Ten football in Champaign. We'll have a preview next. Fall is in full swing, and Cub is fully stocked with fresh favorites in every department. With cooler evenings and great seasonal foods to grill, now is the time to fire it up. Get fresh 73% lean ground beef, sold in a five-pound package for only $1.78 a pound. Limit two packages. Pepsi, Coca-Cola, or 7-Up 2 liters are four for $5. And treat your little ghosts and goblins to Hershey's, Mars, or Ferrero fun size candy, now four for $10. Pick up fall savings today at your neighborhood Cub. See store for details. Golden Gopher junior wide receiver Chris Hopman bell had a touchdown catch in last week's loss at Maryland. Morgan wants to go deep. Home run ball, right sideline, and it is caught! Altman Bell, touchdown! 
39 yards, Chris Ottman Bell. Wow. Ottman Bell says he wants to do more for his team this week, looking for win number one of the season. Ottman Bell is from Kankakee, Illinois, and is eager to get back to his home state to notch that victory. I always circle the game against Illinois, you know, because it's just like the home team, the home state. So going there as, as well as Champaign, you know, it's always good to just be able to see family. But, you know, with the COVID year, who knows? I believe they can have fans. I think so. I put my parents and all my family in. So I'm sure I'll be able to see them. I'll probably have a mask on and stay distance as well. So kind of sad this year with COVID and everything and restrictions for fans, this and that. So, But it's also still good to go home and play and play at home in Illinois. So I'm glad. Uh, they'll be locked in and watching or they'll be in the stands so it's still kind of cool though yeah for sure and it's been fun watching good luck on saturday appreciate you man that's gopher junior chris ottman bell tomorrow's kickoff is set for 2 30 for more info on the game log on to gophersports.com that's the golden gopher daily update i'm mike grimm do you have questions about Medicare? Hi, this is David Bear from Marcus and Bear Insurance, and we can help you get the answers you are looking for. We are working with companies such as Blue Cross Blue Shield of Minnesota, Medica, Humana, UCARE, and Silver Script. If you want the coverage that fits you and your needs, contact Marcus and Bear Insurance today. We are located in the Wells Fargo Building, Detroit Lakes, or call 846-1304. When the world changes, you change with it. You push through uncertainty by embracing new rhythms and redefining connection. At Sanford Health, we're standing with you at every point along the way, committed to delivering the care you need when you need it. Because even when your world looks different, you can be confident we've taken every step to keep you safe while you're in our care. Call your local clinic or visit SanfordHealth.org to make an appointment. Here's a look at your KDLM weatherology forecast. High temperatures working up into the upper 60s for today will see lots of sunshine. And for tonight, increasing cloud cover, a low of 45. Cloudy skies into your Saturday, but still looking to stay dry. Upper 50s close to that 60 degree mark. And then for your Sunday, we do pick up a chance for some showers and thunder showers into the afternoon up to 65 degrees. Much colder Monday, upper 30s. I'm meteorologist Michael Carroll. Thirteen forty KDLM, the station you can count on. Welcome back to the Sports Wrap on a Friday morning. We're joined on the phone now by Joe Johnson from VikingsTerritory.com. And, and Joe, a, a very different conversation from what I thought we were going to have today because we both predicted that the Vikings would be 1-6 at this point but pulling something out of their butts in Lambeau Field last weekend. And that something was Delvin Cook. How about that guy? Wow. It's, um, he continues to somehow improve uh his game each each season almost each week i i mean i am nearly speechless which if people are familiar with my segments each friday on here they know is a very rare thing um he is just amazing it's really hard to even quantify that um you know to score four touchdowns uh on the first possessions i think the, i read that was the, the only time in nfl history that's ever happened a single player has done mm-hmm. that um you know he's he's just astounding and and the heart of this team 
the MVP. He shows near not single-handedly because there's a lot of talent on this offense, uh, but he shows almost a, a pass forward, not even next season, but this season. I mean, people just in one week now are talking about uh, the potential of the Vikings still making the playoffs with the expanded uh, wild card format, mm-hmm. and and you know maybe if they limit Cousins' uh, throws and turn him more into like a Tannehill um, game manager uh, quarterback, uh, especially with the, the wide receivers and tight ends the team has, you know they they still have a chance, and that's a testament to what Dalvin did this last weekend. I mean, like you said, neither of us, nobody really in Vikings media, local or national, the sports betting world, gave the Vikings a chance to win this game. And it seems like really what they've been able to do both in the Packers game and even though they lost the Seahawks game that game as well is when they're going up against a team with with uh, a dangerous quarterback really doing what Zimmer loves, which is slow down the game, have these long, methodical drives, um, more so in the Seahawks game than the Packers game, but still, keep the ball out of their hands long enough by plan, by their plan, and, and you know, being incredibly efficient on those long drives, not kicking field goals, but punching it in for a touchdown. And, and again, that goes to Dalvin. My only real concern, because I'm a really uh, kind of a uh, conditioned to when there's something good happens with the Vikings to look for the the obvious negative because that tends to happen mm-hmm. is to say well I don't know if, you know based on his injury history if he can really handle um, 30 plus touches every week for the rest of the season but that having been said it's really hard to not give him those touches because he's doing masterful things with them. Yeah, let's talk about uh, the situation the Vikings are in now. Where if, if they lose that Green Bay game, they're dead in the water. Hashtag tank for for Trevor still very much in play. But like you mentioned, with the Vikings two and five, and a, a mostly strong showing against Seattle, and then beating Green Bay at Lambeau Field, and the emergence of Dalvin Cook, people are are thinking this team is a playoff team. Do you think that's why the Vikings didn't make any trades this last week? Do they still have faith that they can get into the playoffs, or do you think it's because they're asking too high of an asking price for some of these veteran guys? You know, I think it's a combination, right? And I've, that's not the answer. I don't think anyone wants. I think um, I try to deal in as much nuance as possible with topics in general in the NFL. And I think just with the nature of social media and everything, there's really uh, kind of uh, black or white. People take a camp either on the most positive or the most negative, the most extreme two examples of the answer to any question. Mm-hmm. And I don't think any – the world doesn't work that way. Football doesn't work that way. Um, and so I think there's definitely a combination there. And I, I don't know if they particularly thought they could make the playoffs yet this season. I know that Spielman said before the bye that they, they weren't giving up on the season despite the Ngakwe trade, and they were going to wait a couple weeks to see what was going on. But I think they did. Um, the combination is probably, you know, some of these guys – um, are worth more to us as leaders even um, in Kyle Rudolph or Harrison Smith in a third, fourth, fifth-round pick. I mean, things are getting better in the NFL in regards to trades and the rate of return you get on established stars, but it's still nowhere near, in my opinion, worth it. I know that they value these draft picks higher than anything, but you're basically giving up someone who you know is going to be capable of helping your team for, uh, especially in the later rounds, a roll of the dice that's really the, the possibility of them especially quickly replacing that level of impact is, is really not percentage-wise that high. And so I think that if not this season, they said, you know what, some of these guys just turned 30, maybe 31. This season, if, if nothing else is looking maybe like a, a one-year 
um, blip or growing pain situation. And next year, there's a lot of maybe some positives, especially with Michael Pierce coming back um, from the, the opt-out list, which is, you know, obviously having no nose tackle hurts the football team. Um, and so I think that guys like Rudolph or Harrison Smith or even Riley Reese is having a really great year. Um, they're saying, you know what, there's things here to build on, and, and maybe we'll make it this year, but if not, Next year, we, these guys can still help us contribute, and I think that really was the um, the, the impetus for no moves um, on the trade deadline or uh, before it. Yeah, Vikings are hoping those guys make an impact against the, the game against Detroit this weekend, a, a team they're looking up to in the standings. A couple storylines here. Of course, you've got the return of Adrian Peterson. Uh, safety J-Ron Curse, a guy who I thought was always undervalued in Minnesota, is with the Lions now. And there's also a defensive end, a pretty disgruntled one named Everson Griffin. I read your piece on VikingsTerritory.com this morning about something that Mike Zimmer had that apparently uh, apparently hurt Everson Griffin's feelings yesterday. What's that all about? Yeah, so essentially people were asking in the media, Zimmer, about return of, of Griffin. And he Zimmer said something that was relatively benign, especially for him. Um, you know, it's, he's been known to kind of slip up the tongues when he talks about players, turns or ex-players. He referred to his corners as kindergartner card corners uh, this week. So yeah. it's not out of the realm of possibility that he could intentionally or unintentionally offend a, a player that either is on the team or used to be. But uh, he essentially said that, you know, he looks forward to seeing Everson because Everson was, a, you know, he was a good player for us. Um, and he wishes him the best, just not this week. And Everson Griffin essentially said his feelings were hurt that he would never refer to Zimmer as a good coach, but a great coach and that it was a motivation for him to show the team how great he was great. this week. And, you know, to me, that just, to be completely honest with you, I feel like he uh, probably was um, upset as to how things ended here. Um, you know, there was a lot of drawn out, will they, won't they make him an offer this uh, past off season. Uh, he clearly, uh, they gave him from what the reports were after he signed with Dallas, a really low ball offer. I think that offended him. And I think that he was really just looking for anything to latch onto to kind of, uh, express that hurt. Uh, and, and that's how it came out because, you know, again, I don't, I mean, I'm not him, so I can't really say, but I'm more of an intentions person. I don't think Zimmer intended to say he wasn't a great player. It's just the word that he chose at that moment. Um, and so, uh, that, I mean, I think he's kind of grasping for straws because he was looking for something to, to, to motivate himself or at least get it out in the media without sounding like he's upset from, from a, a monetary standpoint or something. But uh, the last thing this Vikings team needs is a, a revved up revenge game from really any of these guys outside of first, who's not a major contributor. Mm-hmm. Um, I never really understand. I, I agree with you. Um, that I, I was, a, I was a fan of his, um, I, I really thought he was undervalued here, but he, also he kind of doesn't really fit in, in really anywhere. He's kind of too big to be a safety or nickel guy, even though he contributed there and did uh, uh, some great things and stopping uh, Noah Fant on that fourth down at the end of the game last season. And, um, you know, he's a little too small to be a linebacker. Uh, I, I would have loved for him to stay on the team, considering especially right now what's going on with, with the cornerback situation. I, uh, I never understood his – he's incredibly angry at the Vikings. I mean, he's still on social media saying all these things about how much he basically hates the team. And I never understood what his gripe was here. I mean, I think that, you know, he uh, was a late-round pick. He was never supposed to be a starter. And, and, again, physically, he just doesn't really fit in a lot of places. You don't have a guy that size, you're a nickel guy typically, uh, so on and so forth. So 
Um, he's a, a little upset, and then obviously Adrian Peterson's coming back, and he's proving that he is every bit the first ballot Hall, Hall of Famer we thought he was. I mean, his ability to to produce at his age is, is amazing, and um, I'm really hoping he doesn't uh, indirectly get offended in the next couple of days because we don't need all three of these guys going in for the Vikings <laughs> this weekend. We're talking to Joe Johnson of VikingsTerritory.com. Let's talk about injuries. There was a scary one in the Green Bay game. Uh, just when we thought we were getting Cam Dantzler back from COVID, uh, uh-huh. a very scary neck injury in the first quarter. Uh, very positive results from x-rays and stuff. It looks like he's going to be out this week with a concussion, but it sounds like he's got full full motion in, in all of his extremities, so that's good. What other uh, injury news do we have for the Vikings versus Detroit on Sunday? Well, just from the cornerback spot, let's run through what's going on there. I mean, Gladney's healthy, which is which is good. Dantzler's going to be out, uh, presumably. He didn't practice yet this week. Mike Hughes is probably out for the season. Holton Hill didn't practice. They haven't practiced for over a month. He's probably going to go on the IR. Uh, Chris Boyd will play. Harrison Hand was limited with a hammy. Mark Fields, the guy they just uh, uh, picked up or elevated to the roster last week, had a punctured lung in the Green Bay game. Um, and, and so they're down to guys like Chris Jones, which is like who uh, they have a couple guys yet on the practice squad. And they went and poached uh, one of the Las Vegas Raiders, kind of uh, talented but unpolished corners guy um, named uh, uh, Maven, I believe was his name. Uh, yeah, things are uh, <laughs> rough in really the cornerback category. And I think, uh, what I said about being uh, overtly negative, uh, I think that there's a weird positive to this because it forces Zimmer to be a little more exotic or or blitzy than he traditionally is. I think he feels that these guys playing straight up, especially I guess a guy that like Matthew Stafford who looks like he's going to play, uh, and, and he's been a thorn in Zimmer's side even at the best of times roster-wise for the Vikings. Um, you know, we used to see this against Seattle. We saw it against Green Bay. He's running more you know, with these guys. Uh, there was another Vikings corner in the, in the background uh, shattering <laughs> his, uh, his femur. Um, yeah, and so I think that there is a net positive to it. I mean, you know, I think it, especially with the trade deadline stuff, um, they are picking up guys just because they need to from a roster standpoint. But we're we're playing through with some of these guys to see what we have for next season to, to see what our depth is. And and uh, it's forcing Zimmer to get out of his comfort zone, and I think the results have been good so far. So it sounds like Stafford is going to play, although there were some COVID concerns. I looked at the, at the depth chart and Chase Daniel, the number two guy uh, on their chart, but you'd think you could feast against that guy, but he totally kicked our butts with the Bears last year. Yeah, the Vikings under Zimmer have a, kind of a backup quarterback curse. Obviously, Nick Foles has has done uh, as a backup. I think he's relatively underappreciated speaking of Bears quarterbacks now, but you know, obviously the NFC Championship game didn't. Uh, a lot of us thought, well, backup quarterback, this is awesome. The Super Bowl, here we come, finally. Uh, you know, last season, the, the, the Chiefs were without – Patrick Mahomes, we, everyone thought that would be an easy win. That didn't end up happening. And so, you know, I think it's good to, to I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say just because we're so depleted in the secondary. But, uh, you know, I think that, you know, they know Stafford very, very well. 
Um, and I think that's part of the issue with some of these backup quarterbacks coming in is there's not a lot of tape, especially not a lot of firsthand experience playing against them, even though the Vikings obviously have the, the, the loss to the Daniels that you're talking about. Um, and so, you know, I, you know, I think that uh, they'll be okay if, if Stafford plays. And it, again, it looks like he'll be able to, they put him on the COVID list on Monday. He comes off it today. So he's going to be able to fly to, to uh, here, uh, today and uh even though um patricia's kind of keeping things close to his chest flashback uh it looks like we're going to be rolling forward with stafford on sunday no kenny galladay though it looks like so that might be uh, there's, there's the positive more important yeah there's the positive being a kenny galladay uh, a good wide receiver what do the vikings have to do to shut down the other receivers for this team how do the vikings beat detroit on sunday i think <clears throat> the key on 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 defense is, is uh, not to dodge your question, but is, is really to continue what they've done um, against the Seahawks and the Packers, which is feed the ball to Dalvin Cook and keep those receivers on the sidelines as long as possible. I mean, the, the Vikings are lucky in that they have two um, elite safeties that are really, you know, um, helping these corners. And so when you look at the way that Zimmer's defense used to be when he had his guys, quote-unquote, in the secondary, there was a lot of man coverage, um, a lot of, you know, if you do your job, I do mine. Not a lot of guys helping each other out, uh, picking up slack for, for the guy next to them because they didn't really need them to. And so when you look at a guy like Xavier Rhodes, who really struggled last season with having this renaissance in Indianapolis, and, and a lot of people that don't really follow back from the nose are like, how does, what's the difference? Why is he doing so much better? It's a Vikings curse situation. It's because they're doing more zone stuff for him, so he doesn't have as, as much of a responsibility. He has more help than he did here for the most part. Not to say that the Vikings are strictly a man and team or were, but for the most part, that's what they ran. So, uh, you know, I think that the, the continued assistance of, of Anthony Harris and Harrison Smith is something that people aren't talking a ton about, um, but has been um, big. But, you know, I think that we saw last weekend and against uh, the Seahawks, I mean, the Seahawks have arguably the best one, two, three punch at wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, you know, granted he had about three touchdowns in Devontae Adams last weekend, mm-hmm. but they limited him to, you know, from a yardage perspective, uh, especially compared to the week one debacle. And so, you know, I think dialing up those exotic blitzes and, and getting Stafford a little rattled helps, but I think also keeping those safeties, you know, a little bit deeper and, and, and around to help more with these young corners is going to help because, you know, without – Without uh, Galladay, you know, you're looking at uh, guys that, that aren't that dangerous and that aren't going to be uh, able to beat you over the top as much as, as we saw from guys like D.K. Metcalf or Devontae Adams. So yeah, I'm uh, actually a little bullish on this ragtag group of uh, who's and what's at corner this weekend um, because I think that Zimmer, you know, is, is – in his and I'll eat crow on this because I've been riding him, all, especially earlier in the season. He does, deserves a lot of credit for what he's doing right now. Um, from a defensive standpoint, from a head coaching standpoint, because this team has absolutely been ravaged by injuries in the cornerback position. And the fact that they aren't just getting lit up by some of these, you know, quarterbacks are having, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is having the best season he's had arguably since, what, 2014? Russell Wilson going to that game, he's having the best season of his career statistically. And they've been stymied by a bunch of guys who who are young, inexperienced, or 
literally even guys like me or you are like, who? Um, and so, again, I think Zimmer deserves a lot of credit for that. And I think that uh, there will be an extension of that this Sunday, although I always kind of pause in a divisional game and also against the Lions because the, for whatever reason, Stafford's really had Zimmer's numbers since he came here in 2014. Joe, if somebody wants to find your stuff online, where can they find it? Uh, they can find us at uh, vikingsterritory.com. Uh, we also have a sister site for that called purpleptsd.com. Uh, a lot of people are confused as to why we have two sites that do the exact same thing. Long story, but uh, essentially we have two separate teams, kind of a different vibe on each site. So there's different stories. So if you if you like what we do, you can uh, basically get a double dose of, of different stories each day, uh, purpleptsd.com and vikingsterritory.com. Awesome. Sounds great. Uh, go Vikings. We'll try to get next Friday, my friend. Sounds good, man. Thank you. Can't wait. It's finger licking good. Sweet. Dude. All right. Can't wait moment. Well, first, we have some breaking baseball news. Fool me once. Shame on you. Shame on me. I don't know how it goes. But here's the deal. is uh, Both A.J. Hinch and Alex Cora were suspended from baseball last year for their roles in cheating scandals. A.J. Hinch, the new manager with the Detroit Tigers. And now Alex Cora is back in the manager's seat with the team that fired him in the first place, the Boston Red Sox. Cora just announced breaking news. He will return to the bench for the Bo Sox in 2021. And I just don't understand either of of those moves. Where you're caught red-headed cheating... And then you're just back like nothing happened. I'm, I'm guessing Astros, Tigers, and Red Sox are going to garner a lot of boos next season. Here's what's coming up on the broadcast schedule. We've got uh, after the game with Ryan Phelps tonight, but there will not be uh, after the game after the game tonight. It'll be before the game, technically, because Laker football does not play until tomorrow. Noon kickoff here on KDLM. 11.30 pregame show Tomorrow, that's followed by Gopher football tomorrow at 2.30. That's when the kickoff is. We'll join that game in progress. Gophers in Champaign, Illinois, taking on the 0-2 Fighting Illini. Then Sunday, of course, Vikings football at noon. Sunday night football on Sunday. We've got Tampa Bay and New Orleans. And then Monday night football. A lot of football going on. Monday night football this week. Patriots and Jets. Okay, so there was some good football until I saw what's coming up on on Monday night. You're in tune to KDLM, Detroit Lakes, Minnesota, just after 10 o'clock right now. Off the Record begins next. Here's CBS News.